0: Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort. 21 plus, age varies by jurisdiction, void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources.
1: Still undefeated, the Eagles improved to 7-0. Their best, best, best start to the season since 2004. We all know what happened in 2004 after a dominant performance today against the Pittsburgh Steelers. 35 13 was your final score. Welcome into the BGN Instant Reaction Show. I'm Jesse Taylor. I'm here with Shane Half as always, and as well with Rachelle behind the scenes doing her thing, being fabulous. And it was actually the most relaxed I personally have been watching an Eagles game in in recent memory i don't know if anybody else felt the same way but it it was not from the beginning didn't didn't i mean we we talk about you know i feel like every week we've said okay the l monster is out there somewhere the the loss it's got to be in there somewhere and you know it's one week it's going to sneak up on us but i don't think anybody thought it was going to be this week and that was pretty much exactly what i was expecting out of this out of this game what about you shane
2: Yeah. Nice relaxing game. The Eagles didn't make me hold my breath in the second half. So that's always nice. Uh, big second quarter as per usual, but they scored in both the third and the fourth quarter and and never really let it get close again. So that's about as relaxing of an Eagles game as you'll find until the preseason next year.
1: Yeah. I, I, I don't think that there will be another one that relaxing if there is great. Um, but I you know that it was it was lovely after I think, as Philadelphia fans, we are in a a state of pure chaos in our world right now, and having the fact that the Phillies play and then they play again and then they have a day off, but the Eagles play and then they play and play and play, and they have a day off, but the Eagles play and then they play it's too much, so to have a a nice relaxing game to watch today was I think everything we needed and that's exactly right a complete game we've been talking about it for a really long time last season it always seemed to be very one-sided and they have been able to put more complete games together and I would agree that this one from you know from start to finish was it wasn't you know up and down in each quarter I guess the down part was when they yanked all of their starters and got them you know nine minutes of rest through the fourth quarter which was great but it was it was definitely a more balanced performance from the team across the whole game
2: yeah for sure and being able to get those starters out early is big too like you said with the game on thursday night um the eagles didn't look sloppy coming out of the bye they they pretty well dominated whistle to whistle and able being able to get your starters out with almost 10 minutes left in the fourth quarter that just bodes well for playing a game again on in four days on the road in Houston, like you said. And so, you know, I was saying during the week, I I wanted the Eagles to come out, make a statement and then park the bus or get their starters out in the second half. So it was nice to see them able to do that. Uh, You know, the last thing you want to do off of your bye week is come in and get banged up playing two games in five days. So uh, wins all around there.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, it, it absolutely – the defense played a phenomenal game, but this is also absolutely true. Jalen had a, one of his best games as a, an NFL quarterback, 19 for 28, 285 yards, and four touchdowns, um, which is a career high for him. Longest regular season win streak by an Eagles quarterback at 10 in a row. So he had tied the streaks with of McNabb and Carson Wentz with nine straight coming into today today was 10 so he is now your your record holder there he and they didn't even have a snap in the red zone until the third quarter i mean it was he he just again like i think you said it perfectly no rust coming out of that bye week he looks great
2: yeah Hertz looked really good today uh only regret with pulling the starters is we didn't see him hit 300 yards i would have loved for him to connect with aj brown one more time
1: one more time Uh,
2: But that's just being greedy. Uh, I thought he played a really good game. You know, we we can nitpick some things. The play before the second touchdown, he had a clean pocket he could have stepped up into and and he ends up getting his arm hit. And that could turn into a negative play. It doesn't. They score on the next play. But you know, there's little things. The the Devontae Smith drop, if you want to call it that, there was a miscommunication between Hertz and Smith. I think wanted him to sit down instead of throwing him contact and Smith kept running and you get a you get a lack of execution there but those are those are little nitpicks that we could go over but the reality is the eagles played a phenomenal game as uh, offensive side of the ball the defensive side of the ball we won't talk about special teams but the offense and the defense did everything that you could have asked them to do in this one and coming out of the bye week you know that's huge you get you change up your routine uh because they're going to play another game on thursday that's also not your normal routine and you sort of have a mini buy after that with extra rest. And so a weird part of the schedule here for the Eagles, but they come out and take care of business and they look really good doing it.
1: Yeah. And, and that's what you want to see, right? You know, we've, again, another thing that we've seen from the Eagles at, at times in recent memory has been, you know, you have an opponent coming in that is a a bad football team. They're not a good football team, good pieces, not a good football team at the moment. And the Eagles tend to play down to that level. And, that is not what we saw today. Unfortunately, you know, the, the Steelers are, are not what they usually are. Their defense is not what they usually are without a guy like TJ Watt in there. Um and, you know, Kenny Pickett's a rookie, still trying to figure it out. Their offensive line is not great. They've improved in recent weeks, but still not great. So it was good to see them not play down to an inferior opponent and actually, you know, utilize all of the things that they have in their arsenal to just continue to pile it on not, you know, take the foot off the gas in the second half and, and really just complete performance. Like you said, whistle to whistle.
2: The most encouraging thing to me offensively uh, was it looked like the Steelers came out and they tried to blitz quite a bit early in the game mm-hmm. and Hurts just made them pay. And that's not something we've seen from the offense so far. We've seen the book on the offense before the buy was that they don't struggle often, but if they do, it's because you're blitzing them. And so I thought the Steelers came into the game with a heavy game and they just yeah now granted it's the Steelers and they've got a banged up secondary and TJ Watts out but if they can continue to build their arsenal against the Blitz specifically that's going to be huge as they get down the stretch and they start to face some playoff teams which it may just be other NFC East teams that they get to play the rest of this year that'll be playoff teams but as you get into the playoffs being able to have those answers against the Blitz is going to be key yeah
1: yeah Yeah. And I obviously, you know, we, we have to get into it. There's the biggest story of today. And the most impressive thing that we saw today is what the Eagles went out and did in the off season and brought in AJ Brown. I mean, six receptions, 156 yards, three touchdowns. Those are the numbers. But when you look at some of the things that he is just able to do on the field, he is the, I mean, there are, 300 plus pound men on that field. And AJ Brown still might be the strongest person on the field at times. He, the way that he commands a defense's attention, but it doesn't even matter is unbelievable. You love to have, you know, the first touchdown was one of those like F it AJ's down there somewhere heaves and you love to be able to have a person like that right like you love to be able to just kind of say eh I'll throw it up there and some he'll come down with it if he's down if he's in the area he'll probably come down with it the other two were dives. that one was just kind of a eh, maybe yeah that, that first
2: one I'm gonna go ahead and say that first one was an ill-advised throw like if, if that sure. was the third one I would have said that was just heat check wasn't it was the first one and probably shouldn't have made that throw but Brown goes up and makes an incredible play and it's just again how difficult it is to defend the offense do you want to blitz well if you're gonna blitz you're gonna have single coverage on guys and AJ Brown's going to win those reps or if you don't have single coverage you've got two safeties high and you're blitzing that means we can throw our screens to Dallas Goddard to Devonta Smith it's just It's so difficult to stop an offense that can run. They can use their quarterback in the run. They've got guys that can win downfield. Their screen game is on point. They've got an elite offensive line and green in the run. Jason Kelsey is so good at pulling out. I I don't know the offense. I really don't.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And and so let's, let's stick on A.J. Brown for a little bit. We actually, like we did earlier in the season, we have Johnny Page again with us today to look at A.J. Brown's second touchdown, the third and eight, which is just, they're all so pretty to watch. I could watch them all over and over again, but that's the one that I think we're going to talk about a little bit more.
3: Yeah, I mean, I, I, they, they weren't all very pretty. The first one, as Shane mentioned, was a, an interesting decision. Yeah.
1: Interesting decision, but it's pretty in the way that as an Eagles fan, we have not had that for so long. Do you know how no. how much fun it is to sit and watch players make normal catches? That's not that's not normal. We don't get that here all the time. So things like that when you have a quarterback that can just go ah eh, and chuck it straight up in the air, in an in, in ill-advised decision, absolutely correct, and you still come down with a touchdown. <laughs>
3: there was a great video when they cut to AJ Brown. You could almost see on his face, he'd like slowed down. He was like, this ball's not coming. And then all of a sudden he was like, oh, the, the ball's coming. And which was brilliant.
1: It's it was brilliant
3: to see. Anyway, um, right. I thought I'd break down the second one. I was moving an and in between the second one, the third one, or the fourth one today, uh, to Zach Pascal. I went for the second one because Shane's already mentioned it. It was third and eight and the Steelers are blitzing. And this is something that we know is going to happen because this is what teams do against Eagles. And the Eagles basically changed up how they handled the blitz today, which was interesting. It's a really interesting play because there's a lot of people online, like myself, we talk about scheme a lot. And I think sometimes people get a bit confused by scheme because scheme is important, but players are still more important. So the Eagles don't do anything in particular that are very fancy. They basically line three wide receivers up, two on one side. Um, AJ Brown and whoever's next to him is probably Quez are just running go routes. That's it. It's just a simple, straight up one-on-one on the outside. But what they've done is, firstly, the two receivers are lined up very far wide, which means that it's obvious to see which Steelers defenders are blitzing. It's very obvious there are six on the line of scrimmage. The second thing is the Eagles don't actually have a hot route. And people have been moaning about this, myself included, that they should have one, but they don't. They leave a game well into block. And they even waste, I mean, you could say waste, but they use Dallas Goddard as an extra blocker. And some people would say, well, that's a negative because now you're leaving two men into block, which means you have less receivers out there. But When the defense is blitzing, they've only got about four or five men in coverage anyway. So you know you're going to get single high man coverage because you can see by the way the Steelers are lined up. And if people out there are wondering, well, the Steelers are idiots then. Why don't you put the safety over AJ Brown's side? If you watch the play, that would leave Devontae Smith one on one with literally half the field available. So there is nothing fancy about the scheme on the play. It's simply throwing a go ball like I'm sure all you do in America. Uh, back in the States when you are young, uh, I didn't do as much over there. But throwing balls down the park, one-on-one to it is that simple. But the reason why it's so easy is because what they've done personnel-wise and they're simply better. That's what I think the important message about that play is, is that sometimes just having good players is enough. There's no root combination. It's just a great throw and a great route by one of the best receivers in the game. Um, but I also think it's interesting because that's how they decided to handle blitz in this game. It wasn't to add in hot routes. It wasn't to do anything short. It was just basically to go downfield and challenge the Steelers one-on-one. Uh, so I think you've got to play here now. But if you look on the left in particular, look at Devontae Smith and look how open he is. Look how much room there is because that's why the safety can't cheat to AJ Brown's side.
0: It's drive, it's third and eight. Down the field, they go!
1: Unstoppable
3: so far. Are we even going to see it twice this time? I know it's only short, when the all twenty two will help as well. Um, but yeah, I think Shane spoke about the Eagles dealing with the blitz a lot. We've had quite a lot of conversations uh, off air about how they deal with it. And basically, today they just decided to. Well, we're going to We're going to. We're going to deal with the blitz by just simply being better than you. And it's a massive advantage as a, as a team and as a coaching staff when you are simply better than the people you are up against.
1: Yeah, I, and that it's it's true. Like what we were. What we have not seen from the Eagles for so long, though, is utilizing that. They can be simply the better team. And a lot of the time, we don't see them play like simply the better team. They play down to what their their opponents do and down to the level. And we, we've seen that for a lot of years here. And it's really nice to be able to actually, one, see them go out and get these guys who are clearly the dominant players on the field at any given time. And it doesn't matter, I think, you know, who is on the opposite side of A.J. Brown. He's one of those guys who is always going to be the, the better player in the matchup he's in.
2: So AJ Brown apparently just said in his press conference that that first touchdown was not supposed to go to him. Uh, He said he was running a clear out route for Devonta Smith and I'll I'll edit his response because this is a family show, but he said his reaction was surprise when the ball was coming his way.
3: Yeah. You could literally see on his face. I have no idea what Hurst was doing there, but you know, we're 7-0. So Hurst played very well. So who cares?
1: Yeah. And, and I, I mean, I s I can't believe that they did it then they did it again. They did it again. And put it an in. They almost got them. another
2: one too. Like there was another one that it was a one-on-one and Hertz put the ball they put it perfectly over AJ Brown's outside shoulder and Brown doesn't come up with this one. And I saw people wanting to call that a drop, like as good as A.J. Brown is, that's still a contested catch yep. situation. Let's not call it a drop, but Hertz, Hertz dropped another one in a bucket that could have easily been a big play as well. So Hertz, Hertz was dropping dimes all over the field today. It was an impressive performance.
3: I don't know if I had a different um, TV um, copy to you guys, but I didn't see a replay of the, the final ones for A.J. Brown. But it looked to me like he, was, he had a step as well, and it looked to me like the ball was pretty good. So I wasn't sure why it wasn't caught. Cool. Um, I don't know if you guys saw any more replays than me. It just we just sort of cut away to the next play over here. But it looked to me like that could have been a completion as well. So I was a little bit surprised.
1: It it almost looked like a I don't want to say lack of effort, but it was just kind of like it 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 sort of just it it didn't it didn't work and it was just kind of like yeah, I've already done three. Like <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's move on to the next one. Also, okay, I,
2: I never saw his I never saw his arm come up, and so. No, if his arm got held just you where you couldn't see him try to catch it i, I don't really know uh, i would yeah, like no, to see neither, a replay man. on it but i didn't
1: what are our thoughts on the taunting call taunting or not taunting
3: uh, who cares it's nothing is it he's pointing fingers
2: it's taunting but i don't care
3: yeah i don't really understand how we've got to the place in the nfl where that's a penalty um but there we go i no sort fun. of get it from some point if it looks like malicious but or aggressive but he was almost just like saying, come on, guys, like give me a challenge or something. It wasn't. Yeah, it was. A, yeah.
1: You can't stop me and you can't stop me. Yeah, I'm, I don't
3: really care. Either. We protect we
2: protect quarterbacks and we don't let defensive ends like fall on them when they tackle them. So sometimes we have to protect yeah. the defensive players, too. We don't want them getting their yeah, feelings. I, early, we're protecting
1: their feelings. We're not protecting them physically. We're protecting their feelings. Speaking of protecting physically. Jordan Davis, the only the biggest negative to come out of today, came out with an ankle injury. At one point, they brought the they did bring the card out to bring him off the field. Um, in both of your opinions, because Johnny, last time you were on, we talked a lot about Jordan Davis and the way that the. Eagles had been using him. And we talked about this last week as well, in the way that the Eagles are using Jordan Davis and how it's really easy to see what the Eagles are going to do when they bring Jordan Davis on the field versus not. Um, and, you know, the different things that they could do to integrate him a little bit more into the defense. And it looks like they are starting to do that. Obviously, you know, since week one, he's been integrated a little bit more and been utilized more and more each week. Um, what does do you think that does for them in terms of the loss that that could be if if you know exactly that's his status going forward if he is out significant time or you know unfortunately the rest of the season or something like that it's never good when you know the cart comes out and you, you don't have your own cleat on your foot so um what what are what are your thoughts there and and what that does for the eagles defense
3: yeah i think it's obviously a massive miss i mean I like Jordan Davis a lot. And I think I said this last time, but he still doesn't play a huge amount of snaps. It's not like the defense is going to collapse or fall apart. I think the big question will be, can they replace him in the five-man front stuff? I know he played some four-man front stuff today, but he hasn't done it really all year. So you don't worry about that defense going forward. You're still going to have Cox and Hargreaves as your two defensive tackles. The question is who can replace him, if anyone can replace him. If they can't, I would I would wonder, and then we'll see how significant it is. I don't think they'd add another defender. I don't think they'd be in the market because it's not easy to get those guys. So I'd imagine they will try and sort something out internally. Um, if they physically can't replace him, they'll just have to play more four-man fronts. But and I might be wrong here. I'm sort of optimistic. I don't think it would be huge. I would assume that somebody could replace his role. My my big thing with injuries, and this is all sports, is that when you have one, you can normally survive. It's when there's a knock-on effect. So if you lose him for for a significant period and then all of a sudden Cox is out a couple of weeks, then all of a sudden you're looking at that team thinking we're thin. So I don't actually know who would replace him because we haven't really seen it this year. I think Milton Williams is too small. You don't really want Cox to have a nose tackle role. So maybe um, Hargrave can line up inside because I think you've got more than enough players who can play um, his position. You can play Milton Williams more. You can even move Brandon Graham inside more. I think he can do that in a five-man front. So, I don't know if Shane has any idea as well, but my my guess would be it would be a huge loss, but just in terms of a very specific part of the defense, it wouldn't be an every down loss.
2: Yeah, I, I was clamoring for them to put Jordan Davis in four-man fronts, and I really hoped they would use the bye to install that, and it looks like they did, and then he gets hurt and I could have missed it but I don't think they lined up a nose tackle on any play after Davis went out. I don't think they ever they ever gave that look again. So low to end if they will just abandon it altogether, but the Eagles run defense has been notably worse out of their 4 man fronts than out of their 5 man fronts. So um it's something to monitor, I guess if he were to miss if he were to be out long term, uh, it most notably would impact their run defense and I don't know if their answer would be to start to play more base personnel, to start to stack the box more because they're pretty committed to playing nickel personnel with light boxes. And it largely works because of Jordan Davis. So uh, something to keep an eye on. If this injury had happened a week ago, uh, the Cowboys just traded a sixth round pick for Jonathan Hankins from the Raiders. And that would have been a fantastic guy to slide into that role. He's obviously gone now, but I don't think the Eagles would probably make a move for a defensive tackle, even if it were. And I don't know anything about this, but even if it were a season ending injury, I, I don't think they would likely make a move there.
1: Yeah, I think it's an it's an interesting thing to keep an eye on. Um, you know, I think uh, you're right. It's it's not a. You know, it, if it were to be the the it's not the biggest piece on your defense right and they've got a lot of different things that they can do to adjust to that and you know having an extra guy that they did just bring in to come off the edge when they can you know as you said move certain guys inside and have things changed up a little bit more on the front it's something to to look at and again if if it is a long-term injury shane as you mentioned this kind of you know little bonus bye week almost that they've got going on with you know having a, a quick turnaround to thursday but you you know, have, have 10 days after that to sort of prepare for your next game, Um, which does that bring them to another NFC East? That's a, that's the game where the commanders are here. Correct. I believe is after that.
2: Yes, they do the Texans on Thursday night and then they have like the long layoff and then they play the commanders That's
1: until Monday night. So they even have the extra day on the long, the, the, long piece of the schedule there. So, you know, they're able to sort of make adjustments thankfully there, but again, you know, knock on wood, all of the wood everywhere, they haven't been had a domino effect with any of these little injuries here and there. So hopefully it continues that way. And, and, you know, again, seven and oh, and there's, there's really not much to nip. You, You can get super nitpicky, but there's not even that much to get nitpicky about at this point. (laughs)
2: <laughs> I mean, you could talk about special we'll teams and you don't have to teams. get
3: too nitpicky, but we're boycotting
2: special teams. I refuse to talk yeah, about special Yeah, I think literally teams. the only
3: thing you could say for the Eagles, and I'm sort of – I think it's a shame in some ways, is that there's just not many good teams to play against. Um, and it's not their fault. They can only play who's in front of them in the schedule. But to be honest, the only teams that I, I really do think are up there with the Eagles are um, the Bills and the Chiefs are probably the two most likely. And I know – It'd be nice to win every game, but I would really like to actually play them in the regular season. Um, the Cowboys will be very good with that, I think, when we play them next time. They'll want revenge. Um, but you can't really, as you said, there's not really much to nitpick. I think we're almost talking about hypotheticals. Well, maybe we can't yeah. come from behind in the same way, but then we're never losing heavily, so it doesn't matter. I always think maybe the run defence will be a problem if we fall behind and teams can continuously run. But again, we don't get in that situation. So... It's, it's me saying something, but really, I can't prove it. I'm just suggesting it might be an issue, but it's a it's a minor point because it hasn't happened.
4: Right.
2: I still think the Eagles' run defense yes. is bad by design, in that they're so committed to defending the pass, dropping a roof on the top of teams. I I really think in a situation where you know a snow game or The other team's trying to bleed out the clock. I do think the Eagles are capable of stopping the run. I think that's just where they choose to be weak. Now, that's speculation because they haven't been in that situation yet this year. And I don't know when they're going to be in that situation. But I do think they stopped the run. They devoted themselves to doing it. I just don't think it's near the top of the priority list.
1: So the place to go to figure out if there is a lot of nitpicking and doom and gloom in a 7-0 start to a season is obviously Twitter because that's where everything doom and gloom exists. So we're going to have Rachel come in, check in and see what the vibe is on Twitter because there's, there's always at least a few that are looking to, to ruin the And again, again, a a near perfect game today, 35, 13. Is there, are there, are they there?
4: I think that this is probably a record three word reaction i haven't really seen anything this good so this is a positive the only negative thing i have seen so far was uh fire michael clay
1: okay
4: that's the only negative thing i've seen <laughs> outside of that everything somebody said like be okay you know jordan davis of course but nobody's been calling out anyone it's been pretty optimistic pretty positive for the you know most point um, I saw like Super Bowl bound, only one undefeated. Like rest up quick, cause you know short week, smashing bad teams. Sexy Batman appearance, uh, a complete game. Finally, about time. But nothing really has been negative, so we're in a good place, guys.
1: <laughs> Thank God, because usually we're Twitter's always good for that. That just angry doom and gloom. Have we gotten past doom and gloom? Is seven and zero past so. doom and gloom at least?
2: I <laughs> I'm going to, I'm going to submit to the group that we're overly optimistic now because the, the past before the second touchdown where Hertz got his arm hit when he was throwing, I pointed out he was 12 yards behind the line of scrimmage and he should have stepped up and you wouldn't believe the amount of people I got. You hate Hertz. Well, no, just one play. He he should have stepped up. It's not a big deal. So we may be becoming too overly optimistic as a fan base. I don't know if it's the Phillies being in the world series the Eagles being undefeated, but there's something in the air that I haven't felt in before. It's the fan base becoming we don't too know optimistic. How to
1: behave. We're not used to this. There's too much good going on. We don't know how to behave. I don't know how to behave. I don't know how to control any of my emotions at the, at the current moment. There's too many things going on. Usually, I am sitting at home like missing the Eagles when they're on their bye, and I feel empty inside when the Eagles don't play, but I course missed the Eagles on Sunday but other than that I really didn't realize that the Eagles were on a bye week because the Phillies are still playing and November is this week and I wasn't ready for that to happen so and that hasn't happened in 11 years so I don't I don't know how to be I don't know how to behave so there there really is something going on in the air and no nobody knows what to do about it at this point (laughs)
2: All this, all this talk about the offense, and we didn't even mention the fact that the defense got six sacks. That they got two, two turnovers. They forced a turnover in every game this season. I, I I don't. I, I had this earlier. I think they're plus thirteen in turnover differential right now, or something like that. It's, it's crazy.
3: I think Jonathan Gannon actually deserves, dare I say, quite a lot of credit. I feel like Gannon's become like the punching bag of Eagles Twitter and like the Steelers score one touchdown. And we're all like, oh, we've got to fire him. And it's like we gave up. I mean, I mean, I really like Kenny Pickett. So I'm biased because I liked him pre-draft. But the Steelers' offense have got some decent players. I know they haven't been very good, but they, they are talented. And I think Shane mentioned about not wanting to stop the run. I feel like people get really upset at the moment that the Eagles play quite passively in the second half and they sit back. But it is because they're normally winning by a lot. It's it's by design. If you want to take six, seven yard passes, they will let you have that all day. But the idea is they will then make the big play when it counts. And we had the strip sack, then we had the TJ Edwards for, um, tipping the ball for the uh, inception at the end. So I'm I'm okay with it. Again, it's hypothetical. I don't think they would play like that in a tight game. So I don't know because we're not in many of them uh, these days, as we already mentioned. But it's just nitpicking. I feel like overall, I think scheme-wise, Gannon is quite passive and he always will be. But I think coaching-wise, the players are incredibly well coached on defence. The secondary is probably the best equal secondary I've ever seen from a coaching point of view in the last 12 years since I've been watching. Um, Their communication, there's no coverage busts. There's no one walking down the field wide open. It just very rarely happens. So uh, I think it's time to give a little bit of credit to Jonathan Gannon, which will make me really unpopular. To everyone listening to this, but I think what can you say? The Eagles defense continues to play really well.
2: The the Eagle I just looked it up. The Eagles are plus fourteen in turnover differential, which leads the NFL. Second place is the Ravens at plus six. So plus fourteen to plus six. It's it's incredible. Chauncey Gardner Johnson, but he tipped right to him. Like not saying he's not a good player by any stretch of the imagination, but he's catching pop flies out there for interceptions.
1: I – he's one of, I think, the best trades they've made in the last couple years because the, the attitude that he brings onto the field, I, I think this year they got – Howie went and got two guys who are confident, borderlining, arrogant, which is something that the Eagles needed, and they have not had since T.O. – Was an eagle and Deshaun Jackson walked that line here and there, but he was really good at what he did, but wasn't that AJ Brown TO kind of guy. He was a very different kind of guy. But AJ Brown and CJ Gardner Johnson are these two guys that their attitude that they bring onto the field aggravates everyone else, but is so it's it's something that the I think the Eagles have been desperately needing and the fact that they have it on both sides of the field at this point it real. I think that also helps them in very very subtle ways believe that they can be as good as they are and not only does their play show is you know that they are as good they frustrate the other team so much just by the way that they are that which is you know why AJ Brown gets that penalty right there for taunting, right? All he does is point at the two guys, but do you know how angry those two guys probably were having to walk back to the bench after that? Way more than any other point in their life.
3: I think the Eagles team in general have got really good characters. I think you don't hear much of him address. I think Hertz just seems like about as cool as a guy I could possibly get. I mean, can you imagine being really? Carson Wentz when he walked into a locker room a few years ago? You, you must just have just, you know, you'd give up then, wouldn't you? you just, he's probably the worst backup yeah. quarterback of all time to ever have because he's so cool in everything he does. Um, but the whole team's got an arrogance about them. I like it. I like Jason Kelty getting at the Batman mask. Um, it's good you're allowed to be arrogant when you're good these aren't normal people they're elite athletes who do things with millions of people watching arrogance is completely fine in athletes it's what you expect there's no way they get to that level without being incredibly self-confident and I think you're right I think the additions that they made in particular um AJ Brown is such a culture setter and thank goodness the Titans decided that um he wasn't worth paying because it's a huge win for us because yeah, he is everything you could have possibly hoped. I was actually surprised when I went back and watched him, when we signed him, just how good he was. I think I knew he was good, but I think he's elite good. If he stays healthy, and as you touched with earlier on, because that was his problem, that was basically his only problem. He played for a very limited offense, and now he's playing in an offense that throws the ball more, and he is one of the very, very top. I think him, Tyreek Hill, probably Justin Jefferson and Chase are quite clearly up there as the very best. So we are we're very happy and he's great fun to watch every week as well.
4: And it's cool just seeing how much he is helping Jalen Hurst become a better quarterback. Like he like Jalen Hurst is going to have to credit him in like the helping him to develop. So I saw somebody tweeting about that earlier and I just thought that was like significant. So yeah, shout out to AJ Brown. He's definitely doing his thing.
1: He's also only twenty-five. This is
4: wild. <laughs>
1: he's twenty-five years old. I can't imagine not wanting to pay that man and then trading him away.
2: It's crazy. Somebody, you know, they pointed out during the game, I'd seen it before the week he's young and I just never thought about that before. That's crazy. Uh, he He's younger than the uh, Tennessee quarterback hooker that, that's shooting up draft boards right now. Like he's in his third season in the NFL and he's so young and, and yet he seems so old. Like it's a weird dynamic. I'm sure that plays out in the Eagles locker room because you've got Kelsey on the sideline putting on a Batman mask. And by now, I'm sure they're in the locker room, and Hurts is telling them about how seven and is not good enough, and we missed right. this play and that one, and we've got to be better. So it's so it's a it's a weird dynamic. You got the 24 year old, and then you've got all the vets that are arrogant and having a good time, and Jalen Hurts is all business. He's like, no, we missed this one play. We should have scored three more points. It's
1: the the future of the Eagles is extremely, extremely bright with some of these young additions that they have made. And I, it, it for the entirety, for the, the end of the 2019 season and the entirety of the 2020 season, it did not look like it was going to be a very quick turnaround to figure it all out and to be competitive in a division that was working on getting competitive, right? Like the giants had just gotten the guy that they thought that, you know, was going to be their franchise quarterback and is, is playing well this year. And they were adding pieces here and there, obviously like the Cowboys had what they wanted in their franchise quarterback and they were just adding weapons left and right and building up their defense. And the commanders are also there. And you were looking at this thinking, okay, well, has the window of some of the young talent that they were starting to get closed. How are they going to be able to turn this around and compete at not only the top of, you know, the, you can't even talk about the top of the NFC because you have to talk about the division itself to be able to get anywhere at this point. So the quick turnaround that they have had and that they are still sitting on top of this division, that is one of the best divisions in in, in football right now is extremely, extremely impressive. And I think Howie did an excellent job fixing a lot of problems albeit problems that he created himself, but has done an amazing job to rectify all of the glaring issues that the Eagles have had. And you'd never know that we had a, you know, 2019, 2020, like like we did. You'd never know some of the BS that was coming out of the locker room then. You would never, ever, ever think that two years later, we would be sitting where we were. So it's extremely impressive that they're, where they are at this point I'm I'm still floored by it honestly
2: yeah if you get the right quarterback you can turn a franchise really quickly and this season was about evaluating Jalen Hurts and I think they've accomplished that evaluation
1: yeah I mean 7-0 what are you what are you gonna complain about at this point nothing absolutely nothing but they're gonna turn around and short week we'll see we'll see what they do and we'll be back to talk about more football on on Thursday night because you know they're going to be 8-0 by then I'm just going to speak it into existence. So, thank you for jumping on with us today after a very relaxing Eagles game. Wonderful to watch. The Eagles are 7-0, hopefully it'll be 8-0 by Friday. Hopefully, you know, the Phillies will have how many how many games? Hopefully the Phillies will have won the World Series by then. So, and we'll just It'll just be, a oh, God, can you imagine if the Phillies win the World Series and then the Eagles go 8-0 and then it's Friday? So that'll be a, oh, goodness gracious, pray for the city of Philadelphia, ladies and gentlemen, that's all I can say. But thank you so much for jumping on with us. Make sure you're subscribed everywhere for all of BGN's content coming out this week. It'll be a lot crammed into a short amount of time because it is a short week, so all the episodes that you're usually getting are going to be coming out rapid fire. For myself, Shane, Johnny, Rachel, thank you so much for jumping on with us today and go birds.
2: Go birds.